But in Albuquerque, New Mexico this weekend, the NCAA held their indoor uh, track and field championships, fortunately. You know, I was on the go all weekend, but my phone was able to lock up and I was able to stream on ESPN Plus, the NCAA championships, and saw some of the highlights. And there were lots of uh, highlights, two in particular, with the uh, Cowboys winning two individual championships. The distance medley relay won that. And then uh, Fouad, um, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to mess this up, Fouad Masudi uh, wins the 3,000-meter title. And the Cowboys finished sixth as a team. The women finished 21st. Taylor Rowe and her uh, third place finish in the um, in the women's um, uh, 3,000 meters paced the Cowgirls. Joining us now, the head coach and the athletic director for assistant athletic director for uh, men's and women's track and cross country, Dave Smith. Coach, once again. The little team without an indoor track <laughs> wows everybody. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Robert. It was a, it was a great weekend, and just just really proud of the, of the team and the athletes who just went in there. Like you said, we you don't have an indoor track, and so we're a little bit of a disadvantage in much of the winter. But they just you know we don't focus on that. Just kind of stick to the job at hand, and they did a fantastic job this weekend. Now, of uh, uh, the distance medley. Uh, team has been sensational all year and on you know both you know men and and women but with with this men's group I loved your strategy and I I, I like to talk strategy with you because you are a a a distance race strategist you like to to look at it and put a plan together and 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 watch it be executed by your your athletes and in this one it sounded like the plan was pretty damn simple <laughs> yeah it, you know we have a ryan shoppy on the anchor who's a great miler but he's not necessarily really explosive so he needs to have a lead when he gets the baton and then just kind of grind away from people and so we told our first three legs it's really important that we just go and i think Coming in as the collegiate record holders, we had a little psychological advantage. We felt like if we ran, ran hard from the start, there might be several teams that kind of just thought, well, yep, they're the national record holders. Probably they're too good. And so Paul Saudi let us off, got us a big lead, and then we just kind of maintained that throughout. And, and Ryan getting the baton on the mile leg kind of out in space by himself, it's, it's a hard way to run because you've got nobody to gauge off of to determine how hard you're running. And at altitude, you know, everything's different. Um, it's just a lot harder to run at altitude. But he just did a fantastic job. We, we had kind of told him, hey, just go out and run 30-second 200s, 30-second laps, until they catch you. And when they catch you, start running 28s until you can't run anymore. And he went 30 points exactly, and they never caught him. So he just got to kind of maintain that comfortable rhythm, and, and no one ever challenged us after that um, that opening um, leg by Fouad Masaudi. You know, there's that name again, Fouad, and was his performance in the relay, in the des distance medley, was that a precursor to what you thought might happen with him in the 3,000? Because he was extremely, didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he? He had the fastest split, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He hung, he ended off three seconds ahead, so he beat everybody else yeah. in three seconds, which is which is pretty big, and especially in a relay like that with that many talented teams. This was the fastest, deepest year in NCAA history 
in the distance medley. In fact, I think five of the top six times all time were run this year, um, in addition to our national our, our, our record. So it was a tough year, but um, yeah, he was amazing. And you know, he came off the track, and the first thing he said was, "I'm winning that 3K tomorrow." Of course, Ryan Shoppy said the same thing, and and Ryan struggled a little more on the double than Pua did, but. That night was pretty fun to listen to both of those two banter back and forth about who was going to win and whose strengths played better to running at altitude coming off a double and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a really fun weekend. And I'm real curious. Um, you know, these guys are these guys are are ex, ex, you know extending and you know uh, spilling out a lot of energy. And like you said, you're running at altitude, which is not something they they do all the time um you know so somewhat a little unfamiliar conditions i know people say it's indoors doesn't matter it's indoors you know at an altitude i get that but um how do they you know i I know ice baths for a lot of athletes i know some teams take uh those those uh you know, deals that they jump into for the what do your what do your guys and gals do when they're running multiple events, I mean, events that take a lot out of you to try and recover as fast, you know, because, again, that's that's amazing for Ad Masadi to, to do what he did in the DMR and then turn around and win a 3,000 meters. What do they do in between to get, to get ready? Well, you're right. You know, we came off a conference championship weekend where those guys and the women on the DMR as well just right. into the well at the Big 12 Championships, also at Light Altitude in Lubbock, just to, to help us, you know, the, the women end up winning the conference title and the men finish second. And they, we, we kind of sold out for that. And then later we tried to do it again. Uh, Fouad ran three races at the Big 12 Championships and two races at Nationals, which is just a lot to ask. And, you know, each guy or, or, or woman on our team um, kind of recovers in a way that, that they feel comfortable with. I'm not too picky as long as they feel like it's helping them. And some of them do those things, like you're saying, those, those inflatable legs, that, those, compression, those compression legs, they, they like those a lot. Some of them do ice baths. Some of them just like to kind of really lay down, get their feet up. And each, each one of them does it a little differently. We, we bring trainers with us who work on them quite a bit in between races and in the days. And our training staff does a great job. So, um, yeah, each kid kind of does it differently. But you're right, the, the most important thing, is to get mentally dialed in. You know, you gotta let the whatever happened in the first race, you gotta let it go, forget about it, and get on to the next one. And um, you know, like I said, Flawed was amazing. Um, Alex Mayer having two first team All American finishes, first in the five thousand, and then the next day coming back in the three thousand was big. Taylor Rowe also two All American finishes. And the women's DMR, we thought we were gonna win that one too. We made a real tweak to our lineup and put a freshman on the leadoff because they thought she was the most explosive runner we had. And, Sure enough, she handed off. She got the exchange in first, and then we dropped the baton, and it was just heartbreaking because that team was certainly good enough to win, and we were in, kind of doing the same thing the men were doing. We were kind of trying to put it out there, get out in front, and see if we could run away from everybody, and, and we just, you know, kind of bungled the baton. And probably my fault. We, we shouldn't have changed the lineup, you know, at the last minute like that. But it just felt like Bila on the anchor, or the, sorry, on the leadoff, gave us the best shot, and she certainly did. But we dropped the baton, so they picked it up and kind of. Got back in the race, but we went from leading to being 10th place and then had to work our way back into the All-American finish at 6th, which we, we did, but just kind of a, a tough break for the, for the women. Yeah, but I, again, Big 12 champions, and I'm not trying to 
you know, uh, compromise here or whatever. I mean, you know, the, these are big-time events with big-time athletes, and the margins are, are very small. So, um, you know, still great, great accomplishments for this program. Um, and, and let's talk about what's going on the rest of the, the season. I mean, uh, I'm assuming a little bit of a break here, but not much because it's right on. Outdoors have basically started. Yeah, our first meet is next weekend for outdoor seasons. We roll right into it. The Big 12 championships are only eight weeks away, and the national championships are 12 weeks away. So, like I told the team at the end of the day on, on Saturday, I said, hey, great season. You guys are exhausted. I understand that. But the, the outdoor season is almost over. <laughs> so, we don't have time to, you know, kind of rest on our laurels or, or kind of celebrate what we've done We or, or lament the things that didn't go well. we got to forget it and, and get back to, to work. We've got about two weeks to get ready for – um, you know, the outdoor season to get rolling. And, you know, then we're right up on the Big 12 championships before you know it. So it's just right back to work. And what's, what's hard for our program is we're, we're heavily middle distance and distance-based. And so those athletes are carrying us during the cross-country season, which rolls right into the indoor season, which rolls right into the outdoor season. And for many of them, they then go on to international track, um, running for the U.S. or, or, their, or their, their own national teams uh, in the summer. So it's kind of a can be a year-long commitment for some of these athletes, and there's just not a lot of time to rest. So um, they get this week to kind of sit, sit back and, and look the wounds a little bit, and then it's right back at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, you and your staff, and we've talked about this before, you do, you know, you do, they may not be as long of breaks as, as athletes would like, or but you guys do map this out. So, like, maybe early on, you know, the first few outdoor events, some of your heavy hitters, they may not compete. They, they You may, you may kind of hold off on them a little bit. In, in that, that's what you've explained in the past. Yeah, you're right. The, the group that ran at the national championships, um, they probably will probably – they'll miss the first half of the season outdoors. It's just too much. So, they right. will most likely first race about the third weekend in April, and then that gives them three weeks until the conference meet. So they'll kind of kind of recover for a bit, get back to a good training block, and then open really late right into the conference regionals and nationals. So, um, yeah, this group will try to get some get a little time off. You and I talked about this on the day that uh, that athletic director Chad Weiberg and the and the athletic department staff announced the, uh, the the vision for the future facilities at Oklahoma State. And we know there's 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 a bunch of stuff on the table. One of those is the indoor track and uh, and, and the track and field and cross country, you know, basically headquarters building, which would be across the street from where your outdoor workout facility is. And um, that day I, I started looking at some other facilities. I looked at uh, Texas Tech where you guys competed in the uh, in the Big 12 championships and the women won and the men were runner-up. Uh, I looked at Michigan, uh, obviously, you know, several other facilities across the country. And uh, after thinking about what you had said that, you know, be, we could go short and, and just get a track in that we can work out in or we can kind of go, you know, and shoot for the moon and put in a competition ready where we could host Big 12, maybe NCAA, which I'm I'm all for that plan, but uh just in the in the week since and also with what this team has done both in, you know, that announcement came right off the Big 12 of uh accomplishments and now the national, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, 
I, I, I'm all for being a little patient if we can get a, a, a first-class facility. I think, you know, I, I go to this national championship, and I see the teams, they're competitive and how well they're doing, and I know the facilities they have, and I know what we don't have, and I just I kind of sit there and just dream about, man, what could we do if we had a facility, you know, equal to Texas Tech or to Michigan or to Arkansas or Nebraska or what Kansas State's doing and, you know, what BYU is bringing in, all these, all these schools across the country that have – you know, just top-rate facilities, and I, I want to I want to be the best, and I would love to host the national championships here in Stillwater. We've done a great job with with two cross-country hosting jobs in the last three years, and from everything I've gotten from NCAA, they're they are extremely interested in coming back in the next cycle. So I think we might have a third um, national championship hosting job in the next three or four years, which would be fantastic. But I'd love to extend that out to the track and field teams. And like I've said before, you know, since I've been here in the twenty one years I've been in Stillwater, we, we have never hosted any outdoor championship, any outdoor track meet or indoor track meet of any kind because we just don't have the facilities. So these athletes that we have here at OSU, that they never get to compete at home. They never, you know, our fans and the, and the people of Stillwater never get to meet and sort of see our athletes in action and put, you know, faces to the names. It's kind of hard for them. So I just love to have a, a like you said, a competition ready indoor track where we can not only host, you know, regular season meets, but also the Big 12 and hopefully national championships at some point. Yeah, here's what I wrote in 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 Polk's report in the story that day, and that is you you said, look, if we if we had one of those, we we would never leave during the indoor season. We would just host different. And I see what Arkansas does. You mentioned you know uh, that as an example, and your athletes go to Fayetteville a lot. Here's the deal: not only do you cut that. You know, and I know it's not a huge ticket item, but you cut travel out of the the budget during the indoor season for for the track team. But here's where I'm next year when when Chris and the tennis people host the NCAA men's and women's. And I know it's a longer event than the track. The track's one big you know weekend and you know a few days leading up to it. Um, but that's that's a huge event, and to think you could host an indoor championships, whether it's Big 12 or NCAA, the hotels, the restaurants in this town, that's that's where I'd kind of rally around, and and because that this could be a money maker for many many years for the community to host not just the 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 championships, but host track meets on on weekends throughout, you know, the months of you know January, February, and into to March. Um, that that's, you know, that's that's kind of where I, I would I would uh, pitch that because I think the community ought to get think about this too. That this this could be a big deal. You're exactly right, and there's there's communities all over the nation right now: Spokane, Washington, Springfield, Oregon, Boston, Massachusetts, where they are building indoor track facilities because of the economic impact it has on the on the area. Um, you know, the city of Spokane built one. The city of Springfield, Oregon, is building one. Uh, Boston has several they've built recently, and you know, there's study economic impact studies that show these are tens of millions of dollars per weekend. You have a big track meet, and the national championships are great, but it's limited by the number of individuals and teams that come. The regular season meets can be, you know, tens of thousands of entrants, especially when you start including high school. And they'll come in for two or three days, or if you have a two or three day meet, they'll be here for four or five days. And each weekend you do that, if you have a great indoor track and you run good meets, you will fill it up. And I think I saw a study on the 
Florida State cross-country course that the city yeah. of Tallahassee did, and they showed that for one weekend of a cross-country meet, um, a regular season meet, the economic impact on Tallahassee was $4 million just for that one weekend. So, wow. Um, and they, they host cross-country meets all this fall long, and they're hosting world championships here coming up um, next year, so the next cycle. So um, that will be huge, and you know, they continue to, to – um, the community continues to benefit from that cross-country course. I think they are looking at building an indoor track for the same purposes. They think they can keep bringing that money, not only in the fall, but also in the winter. So, yeah, I think it, it can benefit the community in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Hey, Coach, uh, again, uh, good luck with with uh, you know the the future of that I, I I'm 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 hopeful I know I know there's some pecking order involved there but uh, man your your team is your teams have shown they're extremely deserving good luck with the outdoor season but uh, unbelievable both Big Twelve and NCAA uh, just fantastic congratulations to you and the athletes thank you Robert I really appreciate it and, and love getting on with you and kind of. You do a great job in kind of helping getting our, our story out to, to uh, all the, the Cowboy Nation out there. So I really appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to attending a track meet on the OSU campus. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and see, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the old one and, uh, and you know, up on the hill. But uh, a lot of people don't even remember there was a track up there. That's right. It's been, that's been gone now since 2013. But um, – but, you know, we were, we're a step up from where we were then. This is our, our practice facility is much better than the one we had then, so we're really appreciative for that. But um, still hoping to at some point be able to host some home, home competitions here in Stillwater. All right. Dave Smith, again, athletic director for track and field and cross country and the coach on, on the, uh, those teams along with a great staff. I know, you know, your staff did a heck of a job and all your athletes. Congra- congratulations on the indoor season.